Have you been thinking about wanting to start your own podcast? When I was trying to get the Evan Witt show off the ground, trying to find where to go, I had a lot of questions and trying to figure it out. And Anchor was the place to go. Easy to start, easy to use, and it's free. And you can get your podcast heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other great places that people like to listen. The answer, again, is Anchor. And I love using Anchor as it's extremely easy and simple and free to use. If you want to join me with Anchor on your podcast, then go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and the diverse community of all the podcasters that Anchor has to offer. I enjoy and cannot wait to start hearing your first podcast. That's anchor.fm slash start. Good evening. It is Tuesday, January 21st, 2020, and this is the Evan with Allison show. I want to thank the listeners, the people that listen to the show each and every week, uh, any new listeners you might have for spending some time listening to the show here tonight, and uh, just want to say thank you for those that support me and everything and uh, what I do. I do appreciate the support. Um, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Evan with Sports. You can email me as well, CoachEvan66 at gmail.com. So, the Evan with Allison show, um, lots to talk about tonight, Packers especially, the Packers season ends with a 37-20 to loss against the San Francisco 49ers this past Sunday. I'm going to talk a little bit about that game, give my thoughts and my feelings about it, and why I feel um, next season could be even better than this season was, even if the record might not match the season. Um, a few things that stood out to me um, in the loss of San Francisco. I don't know if some people are going to say where Rogers' numbers were garbage time, so it doesn't matter. But I got a couple things in that in those moments that I saw that I think show that Rogers is poised for a, a huge season next year. And I'm going to get into the why later on in the show. I'm going to talk about the upcoming free agents the Packers have and what they should prioritize going into next year, positions to look at, try to upgrade. And also, WWE Royal Rumble coming up. Probably the second biggest pay-per-view of the year for the WWE, just uh, aside from WrestleMania. I think it has taken over from uh, SummerSlam and from Survivor Series being uh, some of the top programs. You got the 30-man women and 30-man and 30-woman battle royal um, to crown who's getting a title shot at WrestleMania. Um, and you also got some pretty good matches on the card as well. So I'm going to talk briefly into that as well. So sit back, enjoy. And as I mentioned, if you want to uh, comment about anything you hear on the show, CoachEvan66 at gmail.com. Or you can uh, tweet at me if you're on Twitter, at Evan with Sports. That's E-V-A-N-W-I-T and then Sports. Um, give me a follow and let me know what you think of the show and what do you like to see moving forward because I've spent a lot of time talking Packers and I am still going to talk a little bit of Packers moving forward, more focused on the NFL draft and positional needs and particular players in the draft that they might target, but I need to talk about other stuff too. So moving forward, you are going to hear Milwaukee Bucks chatter, uh, more Bucks chatter, more Brewers chatter, more wrestling chatter. Now that the Packers season has come to an unfortunate end with a loss against San Francisco. But before I go any further, 
I do want to thank um, our, you know, my my partner, my uh, sponsor for this show, um, Flux Gym of Racine. Um, Flux Gym of Racine, uh, great gym. It's located on Rapids Drive in Racine, right across the street from Horlick High School in the that little plaza center there. Um, great facility. I love the the people, love the equipment, love the the staff, love the atmosphere and it's a gym that you can go in and take care of your business and uh and leave and the people there are super friendly the other people that attend the gym i was chit-chatting with a few people today talking about the game on 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 uh this past sunday giving our thoughts and our opinions and whatnot you know it's just a, a comfortable atmosphere that you're going to get work done and you get results and they have a lot to offer as well, they have nutritional supplements, pre-workouts, protein powders, uh, amino acids, um, as well as they offer therapeutic or, um, you know, therapeutic massage. Um, you know, you can get a massage there and loosen up those tight muscles that you may not even realize um, that are tight or are causing you problems. I had one on Saturday, an hour long, and I got to say, I didn't realize just how tight my back and my shoulders and my hips were until even like two days after the massage because I still feel I still feel good from it. Um, I don't feel the, the tightness anymore. Um, I wake up in the morning. I'm not super stiff. I don't feel like a 90-year-old man. Um, and I, I, I highly recommend it. I got another one scheduled out about a month from now. And I think it's well worth the, well worth the price and you're going to feel good from it. So that's just one of the things they offer. They also offer personal training services and nutritional help and really any help that you want. And in fact, this past Saturday, they had a workshop for uh, at the gym uh, for for women. So they also, you know, do like different workshops and whatnot. So check it out. Flex Gym. You can find them on Facebook. Um, Flex Gym. Uh, like the page. And if you have any questions, uh you can, you know, about the gym, you feel free to reach out to them. Uh, they're very friendly people that, that own and operate the gym, and the staff is very friendly as well. So, moving forward, as I mentioned, the Packer 49er game did not end the way we were hoping. Packers fall just one game shy of the Super Bowl, falling 37-20 to against the San Francisco 49ers. And there was similar feel... From this game, as well as the Week 12 loss against San Francisco. San Francisco won that one 37-8, this one 37-20. So yeah, San Francisco scored the same amount of points. But there was also areas that were oddly similar to. The 49ers just completely controlled and dominated the line of scrimmage. Rodgers had little to no time to try to find open men, open men downfield. The running game couldn't find a lot of room to get going uh, consistently. You know, Jones ended up with 12 carries for 56 yards. Aaron Jones and a touchdown and Jamal Williams three for six yards, along of 11. The 49er defense was just super quick in closing down holes and getting tackles before the ball carriers or the receivers could really get going. The first half, the 49ers defense look like the probably one of the best defenses the NFL has ever seen. That's just how quickly they will, they were getting to the football and disrupting things. And it all started with up front. I know I'm not saying the 49ers are the best defense in the NFL history. I said they were playing like it in the first half. And 
offensively, the Packers just struggled to get going until the second half. And then Rodgers found some rhythm. Um, Packers' first possession of the second half. Uh, the Packers' first touchdown of the game happened in the third quarter at the 11-play drive for 75 yards, a 6-minute, 16 uh, drive. And it was the uh, first coming out of the locker room. The Packers, they moved the football extremely well. Rodgers was hitting open guys. They were moving the ball. And eventually, he threw a touchdown pass to Aaron Jones. Then the 49ers got the ball back, and the 49ers scored a touchdown. That one hurt because the Packers scored touchdowns on their next two possessions. And if that touchdown doesn't happen, we're looking at a 27-21 to game. And God only knows what happens from there. But... Defense I'll get to in a second. Offensively, they just got dominated up front. And the 49ers, they're a good team. I'm not going to sit here and say LaFleur got outcoached or the team wasn't prepared or they weren't ready. The 49ers were just a better team on Sunday. And they were the better team back in uh, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. 49ers are in the Super Bowl for a reason. And now they get to try to win uh, their first Super Bowl since the uh, last time they played in a Super Bowl in Miami, which was a 1994 season. Try to get uh, ring number six. They lost their last appearance against the Ravens in 2012. But the 49ers are a very good team, especially defensively, and the Packers found that out. Flip things to the, the defensive side of the ball for the Packers, 49ers offense. <clears throat> the 49ers ran an offense that was your, your old-school football. Jimmy Garoppolo, their quarterback, six completions on eight attempts for 77 yards. I, I don't even know how far like how far back you need to go to find a similar stat line in the NFL. The 73 playoffs for the Dolphins, uh, Greasy had similar stat line, but I can't think of anything recent in the NFL that you saw this. The Wisconsin Badgers Big Ten Championship uh, against Nebraska, that 70-31 game. Yeah, you saw Kirk Phillips go 6-8 of eight for 77-something yards, but the, and the Badgers ran for over 500 yards. That's college, though. You see sometimes still teams in college uh, run the ball, you know, run like that. And there is just no, no stopping the run. Raheem Morissette. He had 29 carries for 220 yards and four touchdowns. Debo Samuel had two carries for 43 yards. Tevin Coleman, six for 21 before leaving with the shoulder injury. And Matt Barada, uh, one carry for two yards. 42 carries, 285 yards, four touchdowns along the 36. And that that's where you see Kyle Shanahan is probably the best coach in the NFL. No doubt about it. He's probably the best coach in the NFL. He is very extremely intelligent, and he knows exactly how to attack a defense. And he showed it the way he attacked the 49ers. I mean, the way he attacked the Packers. Garoppolo didn't, uh, that first drive, didn't look that great. Got sacked by um, Zadarius Smith. Um, they punted it three and out on their first possession. Um the uh, five-yard carry on first down, a four-yard carry on second down, and then a uh, stuffed on 
fourth down, uh, Coleman, and Garoppolo, you know, didn't throw it all in that series. And then their their first touchdown, he had a short pass uh, that went for 27 yards after the broken tackle. And then run, then he deep passed down the middle for 30 yards, then a run, short pass, and then a run. And then he just piled out from there with run, 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 run. And the Packers' first drive, five plays, 25 yards. Um, looked like they had some promising. They got the fourth and one around midfield, and then they punted. I think they pro on hindsight 2020, they probably should have went for it there. Should have tried to strike early. You just forced a three and out. So I get you want to have some trust in your defense, but at the same time, you just forced a three and out. So take advantage of it. You have the ball around midfield, something you didn't do until late in the game the last time. Keep the ball, go for it on fourth and one, and get that first down and keep driving, keep going. They didn't. And the rest, as they say, is history. The 49ers just piled on rushing yard after rushing yard after rushing yard. And Shanahan completely exploited the Packers' lack of speed, uh, especially up front, middle linebacker especially. Um, Blake Martinez out of position a lot in that game. Poor angles, trying to have to, trying to, have to chase down uh, much quicker guys than him. And that's not a strong shoot suit. Shanahan knew trying to run right at uh, the Packers' front interior, it wasn't going to work. So they attacked the, the edges. They attacked the edges on outside zones and forced the linebackers to have to pursue. And they'd use advantage of their speed. They hit found gaps because the gaps weren't sound. And they, they attacked it. And it ended up hurting the Packers. And they had big play after big play on the ground. So why not uh, just run the ball old school? And Rodgers gets some, gets some blame for this. He did have uh, an interception and a fumble uh, lost in the first half, as well as a fumble uh, sack that knocked the ball uh, back pretty good that the Packers recovered. So he's not blameless. But defensively, the Packers couldn't make a stop. And... After the Packers scored their first touchdown of the game to make it uh, 27 to 7, if the Packers defense can make a stop on that series, um, who knows what kind of ball game it is? But the 49ers won seven uh, play 79 yards and seven plays and just 355, and made the game 34 7. Because the Packers next possession 10 10 plays 75 yards and a touchdown, seven plays 92 yards and a touchdown. Their next two possessions, their first three possessions of the second half were touchdowns. But defensively, they could not get off the field um, on that on the 49ers first possession of the second half, and it, it hurt. And then the Packers uh had a uh defense gave up a field goal to make it 34 to 20. Then Rogers uh threw uh say 37-20, Rogers threw an interception, and then we have the end of the game with quarterback needs. But with that said, the Packers are not that far off. I think they're they're very close to being a Super Bowl contender. I think they are very close to competing for a Super Bowl next year. Does they they don't have to make drastic changes. They don't have to do complete roster overhauls and whatnot. And one of the annoying things I hear all the time is how 
Aaron Rodgers is done. He's washed up. Packers need to start looking in the future. Um, whatever. I've, I've seen Packer fans with that opinion. And I have a problem with that. Because Rodgers overall had a decent season in 2019. He had over 4,000 yards passing, 26 touchdowns, and I think two interceptions or three interceptions or something like that. He had a pretty okay season. And that's a season with really only two offensive threats. And Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams and Adams missed four games. I, I, I think Rodgers deserves some leeway. Because he wasn't Superman Aaron Rodgers that we've grown accustomed to, but he still had a solid year, just like last year. had a solid year, just wasn't Superman. And he doesn't have to be Superman. He shouldn't have to be Superman. That was negligence on Ted Thompson's part when he was general manager by thinking Aaron Rodgers could be Superman and he didn't have to have you know the talent around him. He let Greg Jennings go. He let James Jones go. He let Jordy... Uh, not Jordy Nelson, that was a uh, Guten Kuss move. But he, you know, he let uh, some of those guys go. Donald Driver retired. And outside of Devontae Adams, um, they didn't really um, do a lot at that receiver position. Jordy Nelson got old in a hurry his last year in Green Bay. Devontae Adams took that next step. But every time a receiver left, there was somebody new ready to step in. You remember when they had Donald Driver, James Jones, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, Randall Cobb. They always had that next man up. So when Greg Jennings left, it wasn't that big of a, a deal. When Donald Driver retired, it wasn't that big of a deal. But he stopped hitting on wide receivers. And Rodgers has been throwing to basically Cobb before he left and Devontae Adams. And outside of that... There's a bunch of receivers that don't really have a business being on a roster of a, a, a team that wants to make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. This year, there's not, other than Devontae and Lazard, yes, he stepped up. He had a solid season once he got the opportunity. But really, there's not a wide receiver on this team that should be on a roster of a team in the NFC Championship game. MVS offered you nothing. Kumaro, good story, but he's he's just a guy. He, he he's just a guy. You you play a man up. He's not going to get open at all. Um, Geronimo Allison was a bad receiver all season long. Um, he didn't take that next step, which I'm sure they were hoping for. But at the end of the day, Rodgers just didn't have the talent around him to really perform and take a step back for those that are arguing Rodgers is washed up and done, take a step back and really examine what he was throwing the ball to. Jimmy Graham, nowhere to be found majority of the season before the playoffs. Robert Tunyon hurts a hip in Dallas, and ultimately I think he's just a guy. Stein Sternberger, who has a ton of potential, he missed most of the year injured. And Mercedes Lewis, great guy, great teammate, good blocker, but he doesn't offer you much in the passing game. So, yeah, outside of Aaron Jones... And Devontae Adams, the Packers offense didn't really have a lot of skilled guys surrounding Rodgers. And if if Gutenkus can do on the offensive side of the ball like he did defensively this past offseason, the Packers offense is going to be fine. Rodgers is another year into this Matt LaFleur offense. Matt LaFleur is probably more comfortable calling the offense with Rodgers. Rodgers is more comfortable running the offense. And I, I and there's 
a couple big throws that Rodgers had that really stand out to me from Sunday. The deep pass uh, to Devontae Adams over Richard Sherman, that ball was a thing of beauty, a pass that he struggled to make all season long. And then the pass to Jimmy Graham that originally was ruled a touchdown on the field should have stayed a touchdown on the field, but they overturned it and put the ball at the one-yard line. Those are two throws that are are your, your standard Aaron Rodgers throws. And if he can get back to making those consistently, this offense is going to be unbelievably a much, much better next season. So the Packers, I think, can get back to the NFC Championship game next year. Their, their season, their record might not be the same 13-3, and three, but I think they definitely have a shot. So now let's look at moving forward. Again, this is the Evan Wattallison Show presented by Flex, uh, Flex Fitness Gym of Racine. Um, and Packers have 14 unrestricted free agents. And I'm going to go over them and determine what I think they should do. Geronimo Allison, let him walk. Brian Bulaga, bring him back. Ibrahim Campbell, mm, let him test the market. If you need to bring him back, I'm sure he'll still be around once training camp opens. Mason Crosby, I think you have to keep. The kicking game is difficult in the NFL. We've seen it over and over again. And I think the Packers would be stupid to let Mason Crosby go. Tyler Irvin, I think you bring him back. Get him a full year on special teams. Kyler Frackle, I'm good either way. I don't think they need to bring him back. Uh, I don't think he really fits. If you keep Mike Pettin, he doesn't really fit the mold that Mike Pettin has at linebacker. B.J. Goodson, he can go. They don't need to bring him back. Ryan Grant can go. Um, they signed him shortly after uh, Devontae got hurt, and he was inactive for every game. Basically race, wasted a roster spot on the 53-man. Mercedes Lewis, bring him back. Uh, Blake Martinez, I would let him walk. He, he's, he's likely demanding a lot of money. He's not very good. He's average. Who just He happens to make a lot of tackles, but that's about it. He's not a special player. He's not a game changer. He's just a guy. And I think you need a guy in the middle of the defense that's going to be a game changer if you want to take that next step. And Blake Martinez is not a game changer. And you're not making the Super Bowl Blake Martinez as your primary starting middle linebacker. I would be fine if Blake Martinez came back to Green Bay in a reduced role at a similar, you know, not a a huge pay raise, but that's not going to happen because somebody – who's a poorly run front office, is going to overpay for him because he makes all these tackles. Will Redmond, I'm fine if they move out from him. He doesn't offer much. Jason Spriggs, I forgot he was even still on the, the roster technically, but they had him on IR all season long. He can go. Um, Jared Voda here, I would bring him back if the deal's right. Danny Vital, Vitali can leave and I still bring Tremont Williams back. Um, I think you need that veteran presence in the locker room, in the in the cornerback room, because outside of Tremont, the defensive backfield is pretty young. You have Amos, uh, but then you have a rookie in Savage. You have Kevin King, who's still young. You have Alexander, who's going into his third year. Chandler Sullivan, who's young. I think you need that veteran presence in there, and I think he could actually help guys like Kevin King and Alexander and Sullivan take that next up as a corner. Um, just, let, you know, don't give him as much playing time as you did this year. Restricted free agents, I have no clue who Malcolm Johnson is. I have no clue. 
And then they have some exclusive rights free agents and Jake Kumarol. I'm indifferent. I think if you're if he if he's on your team as a number five wide receiver, I think you're fine. But he's not a number one, uh, two or three or four wide receiver in the NFL. Tyler Lancaster can go. I think defensive line is a big position in need. I think you need an upgrade there. Lancaster is bad. Dean Lowry was bad for stretches this season. Minecravius Adams gives you nothing. Um, I think you got to upgrade there. Alan Lazard I bring back. I'm very intrigued by his potential. Chandler Sullivan I bring back. And Robert Tunyon I'm indifferent. Bring him back. Sure. Why not? If you don't, not a big deal. Robert Tunyon to me is a guy who is just a guy. So that's my thoughts on their free agents. So I'm going to get more in detail throughout the offseason on specific targets I think the Packers should go after and why, both in the draft and free agency. Um, this is just my quick uh, thoughts on what I think they should do. And I've had a couple of days to think about it. I'm not asking for Mike Pettin's head, but I wouldn't be mad if they let, if they relieved Mike Pettin of his duties. Um, the defense got slapped around, and he had no answers for it. And adjustments is something that he hasn't done great all season long. He hasn't made great adjustments this season. Once good quarterbacks figured them out, there is no stopping them. And that that's kind of hard to watch. I think we all remember seeing it um, with Don Capers. Is once the defense, once the offense figured out what Don Capers is trying to do, there's no stopping it. So finally, I'm going to make this quick because I never want to try. I never really want to go over 30 minutes. Um, I want to respect your time, but I'm going to quickly talk Royal Rumble. So. There's confirmed the 2020 Royal Rumble is coming up. In the men's Rumble match, there are confirmed entrants. Brock Lesnar coming in at number one. Roman Reigns, King Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, Eric Rowan, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Elias, Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Otis, Tucker, uh, Rusev, Bobby Lashley, Aleister Black, Buddy Murphy, Braun Strowman, Dinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Samoa Joe. Those are the confirmed recipients of the match. I think we're going to see a Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens WrestleMania match. So neither of them are going to win. I I personally want to see Drew McIntyre win. I'm a big fan of Drew McIntyre. I think he deserves to be pushed to the moon. I I want to see Drew McIntyre win. I also wouldn't mind seeing Aleister Black win. Um, they've tried Nakamura, and they, they didn't pull the trigger on putting the belt on him. AJ Styles, I would be okay with him winning. Um, but I, I want Drew McIntyre. That's who I want. Hopefully it's not Roman Reigns. They just give him his WrestleMania title match against The Fiend uh, by other means. But I hope it's not by winning the 2020 Royal Rumble. The Women's Royal Rumble... I have a feeling Charlotte Flair is going to win, unless you have a surprise entrance in uh, Ronda Rousey. I think Charlotte Flair is going to win. I don't see any other person winning, and I see Charlotte Flair taking on Becky Lynch at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. The Universal Championship match, The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. I think you keep the belt on The Fiend. He's one of the best things going you have. You keep the belt on The Fiend. And you just go from there, um, getting ready for his WrestleMania match, whoever against that is. 
Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Asuka. I think Becky Lynch wins that. She gets her her win back from last Royal Rumble against Asuka, keeps her title, and she goes on to WrestleMania to defend her title. You keep, I think you keep the title on Bayley uh, versus Lacey Evans. There's no reason to put the title on Lacey Evans at this point. Just keep it on Bayley. Roman Reigns versus King Corbin. Uh, you get Roman Reigns the win, and you end the feud uh, between Roman Reigns and King Corbin um, in a Falls Count Anywhere match. United States Championship on Andrade versus Umberto Calillo. You keep the belt on Andrade. He's one of the best things you have going right now. Um, Sheamus versus Shorty G. Sheamus. And another potential match. That's ru- I, I'm not sure if it's been confirmed yet, but the Intercontinental Championship, if you have Nakamura versus Strowman, I think you have Nakamura win by disqualification. Just keep the belt on Nakamura now. Um, and then Braun Strowman can get his revenge in the Rumble match by eliminating Nakamura. And then you continue to build that feud. So with that, some other news. Baseball Hall of Fame. Derek Jeter gets into the Hall of Fame, falling one volt short of being a unanimous uh, uh, entrant. One guy did not put him on his ballot for whatever reason. And Larry Walker in the Hall of Fame as well. Finally in the Hall of Fame. Guy that's deserved it for quite some time, and now he's in. So congrats to Larry Walker. Congrats to Derek Jeter. I'm going to you know, talk about Derek Jeter probably later on because um, I – want to spend some time talking Derek Jeter and um, why I'm excited about Derek Jeter being in the Hall of Fame. So with that said, I want to thank you all for spending some time listening to me ramble. Um, some of you probably think it's nonsense, I whatever, but follow me on Twitter, uh, Evan with Sports, E-V-A-N-W-I-T, Sports. Give me a follow. And you can always email me to get in touch with me as well. Coach Evan 66 at gmail.com. And where the Coach Evan part comes in is I am a, a health coach, a fitness coach. I, I'm i not a trainer. I'm not a certified personal trainer. I'm not affiliated as, a, as an employee of Flex Gym. But I do help and encourage people that are looking to make lifestyle changes, um, coach them along, be a support, be an advocate, uh, do what a coach does, and help you find ways that's going to help you things work for you. I personally use Beachbody On Demand. Um, There are workouts on there. Right now I'm doing Lift 4, and I love it. So if you have any questions on that, you can email me to coachevan66 at gmail.com. So with that said, until next week, I hope you all have a great uh, rest of your week, and I'll get back at you later.